right, that's 9pm. Uh, let's start the uh, the fourth Gridcoin hangout. Uh, let's just go by the most upvoted uh, topic suggestion, uh, which is the changes to the uh, the Gridcoin community hangout license. We switched to Creative Commons license, so anyone can kind of like download and edit these, you know, uh, not maliciously, hopefully, uh, but you're, you can do that and whatnot. Uh, we've also improved the distribution of this. Uh, I don't know if we should call it a podcast, but I guess it is. Uh, by uh, submitting the SoundCloud RSS feed to like, I don't know, 15, 20 different websites. So pretty much any podcasting app you've got on your phone or tablet, it will it should show uh, the Gridcoin community hangouts if you search for it. So if you do have an app, uh, search for Gridcoin, see if it comes up and uh, upvote it, you know, rate it. Rate it high, you know. That's awesome. Definitely. We'll see if it will increase our uh, our viewership. Uh, we definitely got equal amount of people listen to the third episode the, in like a day or two where compared to the second episode in a week. So that might just be people catching up, but uh, the first episode had over 100 views by now, so people are listening. It's pretty good. Wicked. Yeah, I... Uh, Pepperino managed to compress the files significantly to like uh, well under a tenth of what they were previously. So we're going to be uh, uploading them as well to uh, alternate websites instead of just SoundCloud. So like Archive and uh, a couple others. Yeah, I'm going to make a Steam it post about uh, my adventures in encoding and compression. It was fun. Excellent. Did you, you were saying you compressed the uh, the audio codecs yourself or something? Uh, was... oh, not compress. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, put to- put it together or whatever. Compiled, yeah. compiled. That's the uh, word. That yeah, word. I was uh, screwing around with what compiler to work with, and then I decided this is taking too long, so I just use default, and I'm gonna install Visual Studio after this weekend and get going. I just think it'd be cool to have uh, in the encoder. You know, if you do like Angspot or Mr. Question Man or something, and it says like compiled by Gridcoin special lame. Multi-threaded, blah blah blah. That's quite cool. Yeah, man. It's the little things. Yeah, that will recruit the uh, you know the audio guys into Gridcoin. <laughs> yeah, man. They'll be like, oh, these guys know what they're doing. I saw that that Rabble.ca website you were talking about. I'm not sure if we apply to it because it's a Canadian podcast only, but perhaps you could apply. Yeah. You know, be like, this is a podcast I help create, you know? Yeah, I, I figured because I'm Canadian, I'll just have like a foot in the door. We're all pretty nice yeah. to each other, so. <laughs> Shut up, you get what I mean. Because you suggested in the first place. If you're like a guy from outside of Canada, I've been like, hey, this is a Canadian podcast, bro. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'll uh, I'll also create a Steam post, uh, basically showing what I've done to the uh, the Beyond Bitcoin community, uh, because they're hosting this uh, Mumble server for us, and uh, they've not done this, so we've got more uh, more exposure to a larger target audience than they do uh, at the moment, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to make an account on that TalkShoe place, too. They make an RSS feed as well of your stuff. Anywhere that's free, you know, is welcome. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Some places you have to pay, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I didn't know uh, some of the places that you had to pay. I thought it was all just kind of like, if you manage the production yourself, hey. Mm. But I guess they got to charge you something for serving your stuff or whatever. Ah, it's more for like professional stuff. But we've got the, the primary, which is uh, SoundCloud. Eh? 
So long as it's not a pyramid scheme, okay? We'll pay for it. <laughs> cool. Fair enough. Uh, should we move on to the next uh, topic, which is the uh, the current splash screen contest? I'll put a link to that in the chat. So we've managed, we've, we've had about, uh, I don't know, about 10, 15 uh, splash image entries at the moment. So we'll give it like another, I don't know, week, do you say? And then we'll put, up, put it all up to vote. Uh, there's a there's a prize of uh, a thousand grid coin for first place, five hundred for second, and uh, two fifty for third place. So there's you know some grid coin going about if anyone's interested. Definitely, I've already submitted one, and I'm not sure if I could uh, submit another, and I'm not even sure what I'd make up another design of. You can create as many as you want, man, and uh, oh, cool. When it comes to the the vote, we'll just have it like uh, you know. 1A to B or whatever, you know. I might just keep it at 1, but yeah, that's nice to know. Yeah, if we go over too many, we'll crash the, uh, we'll cause an error in the yeah. voting, eh? <laughs> yeah, now, now, now keep in mind, though, like, some people have already submitted, like, more than one, and obviously yeah. some of them we can't use because, you know, for example, it might not be uh, usable due to copyright, <laughs> or uh, it might not be usable because of its size, or whatever it may be. Yeah, good point. Uh, but what's important to remember is if, see if you don't win and you prefer yours over what's being implemented. If you're compiling it on Linux, uh, you can just replace the splash image and it will use what you, you know, give it. Yeah. So uh, anyone listening, you've got another week to enter. Uh, it's just a little bit of, uh, you know, image design, graphics design even. Yeah, a week from August 27th. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. The... Uh, the third topic of discussion is the current poll for uh, whether or not SSL encryption should be mandatory for whitelisted projects. I'll uh, link that in the chat again. The poll's up. The poll has been up for about a week now. Uh, I, I raised ah. it. Uh, I raised it on Monday after we all talked about it in the last uh, episode. So I've not got a, a current uh, a current list of how many people have voted. You'll probably check it out on. Uh, Red Research Corp, uh, but it looked like uh, it was going to pass in favour. So it's got another week after the recording of this uh, that you can vote, and I'd urge anyone that's listening to please uh, participate in the poll, even if you've not got a large voting weight. Every every little helps, you know. That's what we need to do. We need to really drive up voting participation. Because in, in the past, we've only really had up to a fifth maximum uh, vote weight participation. Um, for me, I felt like the votes were kind of like a, an inside kind of thing. Like it feels like you want it to leave it to people that know what the hell they're talking about or something. I don't know. That was just my perception of it. So like I understood more about Gridcoin, period. Yeah, fair enough. If you don't want to participate because you don't know which way you know you want to vote, you can definitely abstain from voting. Though voting in some of the the less formal uh, polls uh, in the future would be uh, encouraged, just so you get used to the process uh, for voting in the future on important topics. You know, uh, Neuralminer, is there any update of uh, people getting in contact with you? Uh, nope, none at all. Uh, the only thing I have on that is uh, the SR base uh, admin is, uh, I don't know if we talked about this already um, yeah. on chat, but uh, he's uh, going to uh, 
implement Let's Encrypt. He's just waiting until he has some time to be able to do it and take down the server if he has to reboot it or whatever. So, yeah, fair enough. So it sounds like he's on board um, to do SSL. So Good job. Um, if there's projects that don't want to, I already know of one that will replace them. Yeah, definitely. Is there a, a, an example that has already occurred where uh, an attack where SSL would prevent, or is this just strictly precautionary at this point? It's uh, just prevention at the moment. I mean, you wouldn't know that uh, a man-in-the-middle attack has occurred until, uh, you know, potentially another account that you use with the same password gets hacked, uh, and that's widespread. You know, they could keep quiet about it. It could have happened in the past with these projects. You don't know. I mean, I know my country is implementing extreme levels of, uh, you know, surveillance laws, which is frightening. And, you know, uh, you know, potentially puts tens of thousands of, you know, government workers in a position to man in the middle attack uh, SSL, never mind non-SSL traffic. I know that's probably the case in many of our countries. But, I mean, fair enough. We don't really have to worry about state-sponsored attacks or anything. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, the NSA's uh, hacking tools have been leaked and they're up for auction. So you don't know that some script kiddie is going to have uh, man-in-the-middle capabilities in the future. I guess yeah. it's, it's uh, uh, for me, it's a question of risk versus reward. Um, as far as, like, if if SSL becomes mandatory, are, are a lot of really popular projects going to drop off? There's about uh, there's probably about five that haven't been uh, that haven't got back to us. There's about three or four that have got back to us saying, "Yeah, this is something we're looking into soon." Uh, I know one. I think it was uh, climate prediction was saying, "Yeah, it's on our list," but uh, you know, it's at the back of the queue of an entire uh, you know an entire site safety inspection. So that's like, that's not going to happen for another year or something. So uh, we should definitely vote on an individual basis, you know, uh, if we are going to remove projects based on this, uh, rather than a big blanket vote in case it was to, uh, you know, if users didn't realize what the implication of their poll, their vote was going to have, you know. But I mean, in terms of risk versus rewards, the risk is the... Uh, Perhaps you mess up your Apache configuration and, you know, you have a bit of extra downtime or, uh, you know, human error comes into play and you break your server. But we were talking about potentially creating uh, tutorials of how to implement SSL across the several different methods of creating point servers, which are like uh, through Docker, through the AWS uh, virtual machine i think there's a virtual box image and just from scratch compiling it yourself so if we do that that's going to be something that will uh, aid you know uh, ssl implementation in new projects in the future as well as current projects you know uh. custom owner that's an extremely good idea because i think that would probably uh, push them to put to to uh, to actually put SSL on because at this moment in time, if you look out there and, and just simply check domains of various sites that you use, you'd be surprised how many don't have SSL. I don't mind websites that don't have SSL if it's like you know a blank page page that doesn't have any you know user functionality. But we're talking about uh, websites that have got tens of thousands of users and. Uh, you know, these accounts are also used on Boink Stats, which uses the same account password for all other Boink projects. So it's uh, 
there's more risk for the entire Boink community by not implementing SSL in the first place. And it could be tied to their real email too, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're reusing passwords, username and passwords, that could that could snowball. You know, if oh, they yeah. get a, a, a list of uh, usernames and passwords, they just put that in like a bot to test all the main websites. And if they get your email, then they've got everything. You know. Yep. So, did I hear correctly that we're also going to vote on individual projects, whether or not to remove them? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I saw Startail was uh, talking about that in the chat. Basically, this this poll is just to get a clear message out there whether or not the community wants to, you know, enforce SSL, and then after it's passed or not, we'll decide on an individual basic uh, basis where or not projects will be, uh, you know, removed from the whitelist. This will give, uh, you know individual project admins the chance to uh, step up and implement it especially if we give them like two weeks and then suddenly you know a couple dozen people all email them on the same subject why is the awareness awareness of the security problem so low uh, custom miner why do you think it is I, i'm not i don't know if it's just uh being ignorant to the dangers of a lack of ssl or if it's just not emphasized as a priority in the uh, Boink documentation. I mean, with, you have to go out your way to implement it yourself. It's not like uh, the next step in the automatic Boink installation is that your your Apache server has got SSL by uh, automatically. Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. There's some admins that don't even know. Like the, one of them that, te- that I messaged was like, well, we don't need... SSL because all our work units go through authenticators. And I was kind of like, no, I'm not talking about the work units. I'm talking about like to sign into your web page, you need a login and that's not encrypted. So, and a lot of the guys are like, I don't even know what that, why would I need that? Um, so I think it's a big, I think it's different for every project. It's not like one, one reason for everyone. Yeah. It's some people don't know why you would need it. Some people don't really care. So I think it touches on everything. So it's a knowledge thing. Yeah. I, actually, I was trying to get another site that I work for to implement SSL. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, for the same reasons NeuroMiner just outlined. And they're like, oh, no, it's okay. All of our payment stuff is on HTTPS. I'm like, yeah, but you log in on HTTP and the stuff is linked. You know, there's mixed content. There's cross-domain stuff, you know. Stuff, this stuff can happen, man. If your login's not encrypted, then you, it doesn't matter if your cache is encrypted, like your database is encrypted, <laughs> you can get there anyway. I mean, you know, between you and the server, there could be like 15 different points of potential man in the middle. Especially if you're like on an untrusted network, like public Wi-Fi or uh, internet in a student dorms. Ah, yeah, they are. They're, they're, it's like they can read your emails. Yep. Or even if you're at work, they uh, yeah you know, they'll they'll sniff your packets. You're at work. You're, they're allowed to do that in some countries. And I mean, if you're if you're using your work computer in uh, for blank without permission, then that could potentially immediately expose you. Uh, you know, not that I encourage the use of uh, computers in work without uh, permission. You know, there's something for anyone that's listening to bear in mind. Yeah, there are always ways you know, your provider to end your service because you didn't read the terms of service.
Mm. A lot of those things, right? They're in the terms of service, and some people they don't realize because you know they they'd rather just get in and out real fast, make their money, and stop using the service. Yeah. See, when if it does pass and we start uh, creating these individual uh, polls, if anyone doesn't want this a project removed from the whitelist, if that's your main project, you know, make the effort to go into the, the, the individual project forums, contact the project admin, you know, explain to them why you want it done. Otherwise, you know, it's... I'm sure, sure. You know, like, if, if we pressure them with enough numbers eventually, in enough numbers, I mean then I'm sure that they would do something about it because they, they're responsible for their user base for one. And, you know, additionally, they, they, they could be doing better with their security. Perhaps it'd be worth uh, approaching the Boink uh, developers about this, you know, perhaps the Boink management committee or whatever, like saying, uh, or even just changing the documentation ourselves. Like it's an open source website, Boink. We could, uh, you know, put in the next step guides for the tutorials we make. Yeah, and it's, I mean... We talked about it the other day in IRC, but it's really not that hard once you you know know what you have to do. It's pretty simple, and like you said, the Let's Encrypt does it for you. So all you have to do is change one file in the Boink directory. Yeah, with the Boink Docker, uh, with Boink Docker, I was able to get SSL working by changing, I think, two files and then clicking an automatic uh, wizard installer, which was just like, enter, 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 done. And it's done all of the Apache configuration for me. So it was, it was pretty easy. And imagine it would probably be the same with, uh, you know, compiled, uh, self-compiled Boink servers. Yeah, the only difference is you have to change the Project Inc. Uh, file in Boink to say that you have SSL. And um, if you're using virtual hosts, you also have to, make an Apache change. According to the Boink literature, I don't know if the Let's Encrypt does that for you, um, but that's the only two things you need to change according to the Boink SSL um, instructions. Uh, with the uh, Boink doc, the server docker uh, repo, I had to uh, create an extra uh, Apache configuration because it, it automatically just comes with uh, your domain slash Boink server, and then you don't actually have a website for the you know just your domain uh, you only have uh the slash boink server exposed to the internet so yeah it's pretty easy we'll we'll get the tutorials written uh should we move on to the next topic or should does anyone have anything else to say about ssl no i think uh i think we covered it i think i mean in the grand scheme of things it doesn't look like that big of an issue if you really think about it like who's going to steal my boink password but like uh, Pepper was saying, people reuse their accounts. They shouldn't, but they do. And it's still not... Anytime you log into something, you should have SSL. It doesn't matter if it's Tumblr or a, a place to post memes. It doesn't matter. You should be using... There's no reason not to use SSL anymore. Even if you don't reuse your passwords, I mean, if, you're, uh, if your account gets compromised, they could potentially spam the forums for your account, get you banned, or even, you know, report to the authorities if it's bad spam, you know, so... Definitely important. Yep, absolutely. I agree. So, let's see. Let's see what happens. I think we only had, it was less than a dozen, right, that were, that were non-SSL. 
Yeah. And, yeah, and I think maybe three, four, we're going to work on it. Um, I think I, in the at first I was worried. I was like, well, we're going to lose like, you know, 20 projects. Let's yeah. leave us with nothing. Um, but the more I look at it, it's, I mean, it's stubborn projects that are going to lose out. So it's, it's on them. They'll come around. And I mean, it's not a permanent change to remove a project from the whitelist. If they make the change like a week after removal, they can immediately have uh, a vote back in, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and if anybody knows of any projects, I'm still looking for um, some projects to get a hold of and see if they want to join. Cool. Is Steve's Coins here? He's quite active on uh, Steemit. Nay. Ah, nightmare. He's talking about, like, you know, I'll, I'll kind of talk on his behalf, you know, again. Come on, dude. <laughs> uh, right, so his... Have you, like, talked to him before? Uh, no, I'm not. I don't quite know uh, who he is, but he seems to post quite... Like, he's been in chat, and he's been in here. I know that. But anyway, go on. I don't know if he's been in Mumble uh, during a recording, and uh, I can't recall him being on IRC. Pretty sure. Yeah, I think he has. Oh, Okay. He's definitely been on IRC. I've seen him before. Well, he's he's not here today, so I'll, I'll speak. I'll read out yeah. for him. You know, <laughs> uh, so his idea is to create a, a Gridcoin market value team, uh, compromised of volunteers, with the goal of raising the market value of Gridcoin. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of it's probably it would be better if he was uh, you know explaining it. I'm kind of butchering his idea, you know. Yeah. The way that it sounds, the way that you put it, I don't like the way it sounds. Yeah, I, I'd prefer, like, you know, community outreach or approaching yeah. companies and stuff. Uh, I've not got the goal of, like, oh, let's raise the value of grid cards. I'd have to know? read his post. Yeah, I'd have to read his post in order to have a more uh, educated opinion about this or maybe hear it from him himself. Just because it just doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, no, I mean... At the same time, like let's if if we want to talk about like raising the market value of Gridcoin, you have any ideas of like you know? Oh, I, I think it'd be really cool if we had. There are things that could correlate into a higher market value for Gridcoin, but you know I can't really think of anything other than market manipulation. <laughs> no, I was thinking more along long lines of getting Gridcoin added to like uh, services and stuff like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Coinomi has been a bit of a, a, a fail. Like, it's been, what, like, three, four months yeah. now? And, like, uh, two months since the last update? They took our money. Pretty much. Uh, I don't want to, like, you know, throw any uh, accusations out there, but fail. But the time speaks for itself. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, with... In, in this space, it, everything moves so fast, and it's kind of inexcusable that it's taken so long for them to integrate this service or integrate uh, Gridcoin into their service, and, and, like, they have, what, like, more than a dozen coins on it already. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not even integrate, it's at least tell us something that, give us a date, it's not just, oh, next release, like, if I did that as a software developer, I said, oh, it'll be on the next release, people would be livid. Mm. Yeah, they're giving us the checks in the mail excuse, maybe. Well, I've created a, a a post on Twitter. I'll keep tweeting directly at them, and uh, I'll post those tweets in uh, IRC and Slack. And I'd appreciate it if you like upvoted or well liked them Definitely. and retweeted them. Just keep the pressure up. Uh, show that we're you know we remember. 
<laughs> but back to the main topic of uh, you know integrating Gridcoin into software, uh, I think the Open Ledger integration will be good for us because it will get us onto multiple different web uh, browser uh, wallets as well as uh, like free mobile wallets and uh, you know proof of sale, a point of sale system inside shops. Much about the same cost as Coinomi integration without the the yearly server payments. So I think much better deal. Yeah. In the wait. Yeah, they said that it's uh, going to be rubbing it in until they do it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, reading another post of Steve's coins, he says. Uh, I asked him, uh, just to be clear, you're not proposing a pump group, right? He said, no, the goal is to create a long-term value for the coin. The best way of doing so would be to create a utility for the coin. Uh, we need to find institutions that will accept Gridcoin as currency, uh, as an example. Open ledger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we've got uh, block pay integration, then any place that has block pay in their store, which could be tens of thousands potentially, uh or in the world, uh, you will be able to pay with Gridcoin. So we won't have to do that outreach or our, ourselves, you know, trying to get individual shops to accept us. Uh, it might just be that one day we're accept- accepted in many places without any, you know, intervention on our behalf. Like the interact for cryptocurrency, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Trader Man. Uh, Seti just announced that they are accepting Bitcoin. Uh they say immediately under their Bitcoin address, they say, oh, email us if you want to send us alternative cryptocurrencies. It'd be cool if they did, you know, recognize Gridcoin. Uh, yeah, they're whitelisted, you know. They may as well. Show some face, dude. We could both use the mutual exposure, actually. <laughs> yeah. They're... Being as they're like the original Boink project or whatever, and their usership is... For sure questionable times, and their funding is in the shitter and they're getting kicked out of all their facilities constantly and stuff yeah i'll keep up the pressure on that well not pressure you know keep emailing them on the what was it the boink mailing list uh, if we talk directly to the boink management committee then we're in the face of like you know uh the core developers like david anderson who works for seti you know so alongside that and directly asking them to accept Gridcoin publicly. Uh, yeah, that's something we could do. What about some charities out there? Would um, some charities um, accept Gridcoin as a as a, a donation? That's possible. And they'd have to figure out a way to, you know, hold it. And that means maybe they'll need help setting that up. Oh, they could, they could use a mobile wallet or, a, you know, or a, a web wallet that we'll have soon. Yep. See, that might be an idea, doing doing something like that, but hitting some of the charities. Some appropriate charities, I guess, could benefit from accepting not just Gridcoin, but, you know, other alternatives. Maybe tweet them? Yep. I imagine a lot of people are still wary of cryptocurrency. Um, I mean, outside of us, who, you know, we know what cryptocurrency is, but there's a lot of people out there that all they see is what's on the news and... It's all drug dealers and hackers. So I think there's a stigma still out there with cryptocurrency that we have to get over. Yeah. Yeah, you see, that's where the tie-up has to come with Boink. You see, that's where the tie-up stands. Uh, 
with, with things like charities. Yep. A lot of people don't realize that there's a huge computing space behind cryptocurrency and a lot of the time it just gets over dwarfed by the the shadow of a doubt with uh you know these bad things that happen and a lot of people they think that the black market economy is what props up most of it when really that's that's not really true you know sure you got people with like crypto locker and stuff that need to like go out and get bitcoin and, and take care of that and uh you know but for the most part a lot of these things are uh, just money being changed over different hands over time and like for all we know a lot of the money that you know we hold in assets and stuff has actually touched bad markets throughout time it's like changed hands in, in bad ways yeah so it's cash though you know who knows who's held a, a 20 pound note you know in the past oh that's a guarantee exactly what i was just saying in the chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want to know what else is on there no, you don't. Yeah, they all do. <laughs> smells funny for a reason. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my $100 bill has cocaine on it, so... <laughs> uh, Trader Man was saying uh, the Bitfinex uh, hack probably didn't help crypto reputation either. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's probably going to continue to happen as people just lazily keep their coins on exchanges, you know? Uh, but that'll be good for the decentralized uh, exchanges, you know, yeah. like uh, BitShares or BitSquare. BitSquare is quite good, actually, if you want to be private. Yeah, it seems a little bit more pricey than using something like, say, uh, using BitSquare. I mean, not BitSquare, excuse me, uh, BitShares and Open Ledger and stuff. That seems like it takes a little less uh, money down. Yeah, BitSquare does charge more, I think. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you could, there's not many, uh, you know, buy or sell offers up there so you could put a premium up there that's true for the added uh, anonymity of the sale you know seller's market definitely yeah with the thing with the hacks and the people keeping their money in markets and stuff it always floors me that people don't uh you know have the same respect for the cryptocurrency that they do with their own money like you wouldn't give somebody you're you're more careful with like your pin number than you are with your email i don't know it's just well people look at it as a bank and it's not a bank the bank covers your money yeah but it's not a bank and people don't see it that way and at, at the other end when you look at it there's people that have a lot of money in exchanges for a reason they're doing like the i don't know what's called margin lending yeah. or something like that yep. where you have to keep money in there you don't have a choice so I, I just I think it's a lot of different things. Yeah, and the people that could be getting into crypto, they like to have it a broke mentality when it comes to holding their money and you know sticking to the banks and it's what they know, it's what they're comfortable with, and they don't like changing that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, especially my my peer group. Yes, we blame you. Damn boomers, <laughs> specifically. It's all my fault. Has there been any update with uh, regards to Bitfinex? The last thing I remember reading on uh, the internet, it might not be accurate, was that they don't know how they were hacked, you know, in the first place. <laughs> yeah, conspiracies now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's all I've heard. We'll see some come out. Internal. Internal. Yeah, after the... So they're taking, like, what is it, 30% or something of that? is coming from users' wallets to pay for the hack. And in return, you get shares in the company, which let's just 
go ahead and say it's going to be worthless. Yep. So, Getch. Getch. That's messed up. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed. I mean, it's obviously not a bank, but if they get hacked, they should not be able to take my money that didn't get stolen. Yeah. People that didn't get any money stolen are having their money taken to pay for the hack. Quite frankly, I don't know how their security was, but, you know, if you think about it, they they could have had some measures in place in order to have, uh, you know, secured assets on the side in terms of having cold assets, like cold offline shit, so that they don't lose their pants and everyone else's. Yeah, weren't they giving out shares in their parent company to all the mm. the? Yeah, I don't think holders. How it? No, the re- they didn't. Yeah, they had the way that it worked. It was pretty crazy. Like how they had it was they had a multi-sig wallet, but they're not sure how someone was able to get past the multi-sig. It, it, it was a thing. I, I started reading on it, and um, then I just gave up because I had other things to do. But it, it's pretty interesting to see. I hope they find out at least. If it's not an inside job, explain how it happened, because I'm really curious about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's been the argument throughout the whole thing, is uh, whether they had cold storage or not. Yeah. No, they didn't. Hope they implemented SSL. (laughs) Yes, it's a bad omen for all those who don't use it. All right, should we move on to the next topic discussion then? Okay. All right, so yeah, they, we've got uh Well, it's either an inside job or someone sitting in there have some intro music to the hangout. So I created a uh, intro music song contest. And it's, and it's more like <laughs> so, uh, intro. We're giving away some grid coin to uh, the top three entries. Uh, <laughs> thus far, we've had no entries. But if anyone's listening, if there's an open you just you know, contest. Uh, I think we'll maybe put the deadline to two weeks after the first submission so that we're not, you know, just rewarding yep. to one individual. Uh, but the general gist is it can be pretty much anything and uh, keep it to a max of 15 seconds if you're interested, guys. I think the, the current yep. uh, the current giveaway is uh, 5,000 grid coin for the first place, but, you know. Hmm. Hmm. All right, let's move on. All right, yeah, so uh, just a bit of news. We've created a project subforum in CryptoCoin Talk, uh, which have got uh, individual projects uh, with their own threads. So there's about, what, 28 threads at the moment. I need to create another couple for... One's I missed out. I think I missed out uh, Atlas and maybe Moo Wrap. I could do that immediately after this uh, hangout. But uh, yeah, basically it keeps it, uh, all the details of their current whitelist status, their SSL rating uh, in the one individual place. And uh, anyone listening, please use that if you're uh, having any questions, uh, have any questions that are related to individual projects and that. All right, moving on. Uh... Oh, yeah, okay, right. So uh, has anyone read that uh, recent PDF called Bark, the Boink volunteer volunteer cluster manager for Apache Spark? Yeah, I read it. Oh. Yeah, I'll put a a link to the, uh, the Steemit post. 
So basically, these guys, I think it's four guys have created uh, for their university project. Uh, I'll quickly open it and get their names. So Thomas Delacour, John Weir, Sedim Fialar, sorry if I'm butchering your name, guys, and uh, Professor Boon Taolu have created this uh, platform. It's not open source at the moment. I don't think you can get the files anywhere. They might be keeping it to themselves, but this is... Uh, uh, they they are the de- department of CIS. Yeah, of course. They're yeah, good. definitely. They, they got this is released uh, 2015, 2016, so this is very recent. Uh. Yeah, I've actually uh, emailed those guys. I emailed those guys eh, maybe a day or two ago, um, just to get in contact with them and let them know about Gridcoin, um, since it uh, it fit pretty well in with what they got. So. Yeah, I mean, if they open source this, then. You could potentially create your own uh, Apache Spark cloud through Boink, and uh, it looks like they've got it pretty sussed out. So it is already implemented, and it's just a question how they would release it and everything. Yeah, I think they've got the full working product, yeah. and it's just in a private server at the moment. If you click the, uh... they have a starting tier that you can sign up for free with, apparently. Uh, check out that poster PDF it is linked. It kind of explains how it all works. Oh, uh, are you looking at the Databricks? That's completely different. That's a that's an example of a commercial Apache Spark website. That's not the Boink uh, Bark project. So it's just to give you a rough estimate of uh, how much the current market is charging for these kind of resources. I mean, potentially, even if you undercut, if you could undercut them by like fifty percent, then you're sa- you're saving the end user a ton of money, and you're potentially generating a ton of revenue for, uh, you know, boink volunteers. Well, I guess they wouldn't be called volunteers anymore. You know, workers. Citizen <laughs> scientists. So, you know, when I contacted them to just tell them about Gridcoin and to that this might enable them to get a lot of miners. Yeah, and Neurominers uh, emailed them. I'll probably email them as well. So this looks pretty cool. I think this project is genius because a lot of the big data stuff, which is growing rapidly, is is now working on Spark. And if you can just give them a Spark job and then they give you a possibility to distribute this to to point workers, that's genius. That's pretty much what we have been looking for in a, in a, a commercial project. So if they also have the problem that do not have point volunteers, this would fit together perfectly. I think uh, the question was that you've emailed them, yes? Yeah, yeah, I emailed them. Uh, th- I think it was Thursday. Um, I haven't got anything back yet, but um, I'll give them a couple of days and see. I, I think this is a perfect um, use for Gridcoin. Um, with, you know, crunching big data, is, I can see this would just explode. Um, so being on the ground floor would be great for us. How, how did you mention Gridcoin? To, to what extent did you say about us? Um, I mentioned that uh, Gridcoin rewards, how it works now, rewards for working in Boink, so running Boink projects, uh, completing work units, rewards you in an X amount of mag, which correlates to a certain amount of Gridcoin that you will receive. Um, depending on the work you do. 
So essentially, uh, as the work you do pays you. Excellent. I think I'm going to follow up with a, a similar email and maybe uh, edit their uh, their poster to to show where, like you know, uh, Gridcoin could fit in. You know, like a paywall between the web UI and the Spark job would pretty much facilitate a commercial point project. Exactly, and the possibility that you pay extra money, which then gets project range onto the people who run it, so that it's worth their are more encouraged to run it and, and stuff like that because they already mentioned this web UI and this would really just fit in perfectly. Yeah, I'm really positive about this. This is this is great. It looks very, very interesting. I was thinking of something uh, similar uh, with Google's TensorFlow for uh, machine intel- intelligence. But that's just an idea. It's not as fully fledged as this. It looks like uh, this is operational. It'd be really cool if we could get them on here and discuss it, you know? Uh, the admin for our VLHC at home uh, emailed me recently, uh, just basically saying uh, in response to the Boink governance changes uh, kind of chase up, uh, you know, which was inviting the Boink management committee to these uh, hangouts. So it's possible that we could get him on here uh, in the following couple of weeks' time. If anyone wants that, that could be quite interesting. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Cool, I'll email him tonight about that then. So is there anything else we can do at the moment about the Bark project? Uh, you, you sent them on another email, but otherwise I, I think we just uh, have to wait and, and help. Uh, yeah, just uh, maybe send a couple emails, uh, wait and uh, follow up every like week or so or something. Uh I've been uh, posting uh, links to the Bark uh, presentation to, you know, uh, Apache Spark related communities like slash R Apache Spark and stuff. So giving them a bit of exposure at the same time, just in the meantime. All right, the, uh, we've not got many uh, topics of discussion proposed this week, but we can go back to previous, uh, you know, threads to discuss uh, topics. So the last... Uh, Topic suggestion was an update regarding my project Rain Point project. Is anyone interested in hearing about this? Yep. Yep. All right, cool. So I've been working on this this week. I've been uh, uh, working on the front end recently, uh, just trying to get it looking nice. I managed to successfully integrate about 15 different cryptocurrencies in the back end. Uh, I introduced a couple uh, glitches in the, uh, the account creation phase which it just completely removed that and it just it just started working so didn't need to get fancy and set it up or whatever uh, so i've managed to get uh, it's just the it is a bit clunky how these uh you know the boink project is initially created you know you'll you'll go into the sample index page and it's like a, a php echoing little chunks of uh html so it's like oh, where is everything it's a bit all over the place so it's kind of slowed me down a bit and also the fact that uh i'm not brilliant with docker i've been uh, watching a few uh video tutorials on uh, plural site uh to do with docker so that i can get up to speed with it but currently uh in order to view any change i've made to the boink project server i have to like uh 
completely rebuilds the uh, Docker image uh, on a local computer, which takes like 10 minutes. So it's, it was kind of like a slow incremental changes before I noticed, ah, oh, crap, eventually it's a new bug, you know, whatever. But hopefully uh, I'll be able to get that uh, public in the next week or two. Uh, the final remaining changes that I need to make are... Uh, well, I can get the Boink project up and running, but then I have to get all the tutorials working properly. So, uh, you know, currently in order to project rain, you have to extract all the, the XML files from individual projects and the the address XML from my server, uh, you know, and then uh, you take all those files and you, you mash into MariaDB and then you extract, like, all the data you need in the one file to then interpret for your specific cryptocurrency of choice. So I'll get the MariaDB section done, and then it's just a matter of chasing up exactly how to create manual transactions in each of these different cryptocurrency systems. And uh, before I can make the Boink server go live, I have to look into uh, configuring the PHP mail server. So like, uh, if you forget your, your password or whatever, I've got a send you know an email reminder to you uh i've got to uh finalize ssl and get it uh, as high security as possible uh, and i've got to implement capture and that's just a simple uh change and uh, i've got a couple uh issues to raise on the boink server docker uh you know repo just regarding uh the ht access password generation it's like the same across all you know like it's like uh, set statically in the repo and i'm not able to get to the the kind of boink admin panel so once i manage to get across that and then test that you know you can recover your password or whatever i'll go live with it does anyone have any questions regarding it does, do you want me to explain what kind of project rain is does it have ssl it will do. Uh, in its current state, it does not because if you if you continuously you know request new uh, SSL certs from uh, Let's Encrypt, they'll get angry and block you or whatever. <laughs> so I'll, I've I've done it in the past, and I'll do it when it's going live. Um, will the project have to be whitelisted? Uh, no, I'm not going to be chasing a whitelist status uh, purely because there's no work units uh, for the project. Uh, you know, you won't have a score. Everyone's going to have a zero score. The only thing it facilitates is matching your uh, CPID to uh, external cryptocurrency systems or platforms even. Uh, so, no, I won't be going for a whitelist status. Yeah, uh, on the issue of SSL... We get our uh, main site sorted out with the TLS 1.2 goodness. Or did you make a GitHub issue about that? I thought you were going to. I made a GitHub issue for the... Uh... Oh, no, there was already a GitHub issue for the download of the MSI being over HTTP instead of HTTPS. Oh, well. Uh, the rest of the site is fully SSL, but... Uh... That's an, that's an issue that Rob will have to fix. So uh, what specifically is the issue? The, I mean, can you make a, an issue on GitHub with your concerns? Because at the moment, it's, it's like I'm a 90% of all the issues in GitHub. Rob's probably hating me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm no, super I, uh, criticism, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
I uh, I'll stick to the pull requests. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the annoying one. Um, yeah, sure. Question: Is the super block fixed? I believe Maybe it was today. what was broken last uh, on Saturday. Last time we uh, we all spoke in the third episode, and then I think it was the following day it it, it reverted itself. And I think in the time between then and now, uh, users have been uh, you know potentially their their neural networks haven't fully synced, and uh, they might be encountering similar issues or different issues uh some of the users that have encountered you know oh i've suddenly got zero mag or i've only got the one project in the whitelist if they run uh the execute sync depor2 command then it fixes it uh so to be honest i'm not sure if it's occurred again uh we really need to like kind of work on uh having a super block kind of comparison or like uh, I was thinking of uh, there's a command I think there's a command to list the current enforced neural hash and then all the reported neural hashes from the network so I could extract that from each of my my full nodes and display that on grcnode.co.uk so you can have like a comparison of like what's enforced and then you can uh, look grab your hash and see all right I'm on the wrong hash I gotta sync my neural network yeah, I mean, in the meantime, uh, if you are having issues with your neural network that are similar to the issues we experienced on Saturday, uh, last Saturday, which uh, specifically only three projects were included in a super block, if you encounter that again, please report that to a GitHub issue that's uh, related to that topic. You know, it's uh, I think it's the super, bo- super block uh, issue. Yeah. That good? Yep. Yeah, yep. When I, and I know mine was having the same thing. It showed a mag on the overview of 800, but the neural network showed correct, whatever it's supposed to be. So something janky happened. And syncing the neural network fixed mm. it. So. Mercosity, yeah, it's fine. We talked about it last Saturday. It's... Uh... It's no big deal. Let's be transparent about it. You know, it's something that's affected the entire network. Okay. Let's do it live. (laughs) What about uh, that block stack thing? Should we revisit that kind of idea? Maybe that would keep the network more stable? Or what was the problem with that again? (laughs) Block stack was... uh... The problem with implementing Blockstack in the first place was that they were having an internal... Uh, uh, they were moving components of libraries around, so it was kind of... If we had started porting it to Gridcoin, then we would be kind of frozen in time on an old version. So I was waiting for uh, them to move blockchain-facing uh, logic uh, to the Blockstack virtual chain repo, which basically yeah. Blockstack virtual chain is an external app that will uh, look at every single block or and parse all the transactions, uh, you know, just indexes them and then uh, chucks all the non uh, op return transactions. Op return transactions are transactions with data added on. So you'll build up a blockchain of just these op return uh, transactions to which we could, uh, you know, we could have uh, an improved voting mechanism potentially, or more, 
yeah, it's it's an external program, so it's kind of like I you can interpret stuff from the the blockchain easier. So you're not entirely relying on the Grid Research Corp. You could do your own analysis of the recent poll if you're, you know, if you think, oh, I, I don't think that was an accurate poll. Let me investigate. Okay. Yeah, I was playing around with it a bit. It uh, it was pretty confusing because I didn't have an account set up, but I'm sure it'd be a lot more fun with one. Uh, regarding its current status, it was uh, I created an issue, basically, uh, you know, requesting uh, Gridcoin support or asking uh, what would we need to do to get added, and uh, are you currently, you know, finished uh, moving blockchain-facing logic around? And uh, I've not had any reply yet, so I could I could jump in their Slack uh, channel and point them to the issue and just kind of ask the developers directly, hey you know what's going on I, I believe one of the main uh things that we would find uh, difficult to would be uh, they need a, a blockchain explorer that has the capability to create transactions so that's something that a lot there's several uh bitcoin uh you know blockchain explorers that need to push transactions from their website so that's something we'd need to potentially investigate Okay. Uh, I've been thinking recently uh, on the topic of like you know uh, op return data and whatnot. Uh, we've currently got the six month limit on you know uh, your beacon valid uh, validity, and uh, the I think it's also the same for the whitelist. You know, we had that glitch uh, a couple months ago where suddenly all the projects weren't on the whitelist; they were all uh, you know removed, and that. That was the uh, the problem. There was the the beacon that created all their place on the whitelist uh, expired. So I think there's currently a look back kind of system where the client looks back uh, through last six months worth of blocks for your uh, registration transaction for, say, your advertised beacon uh, or your. Uh, neural network whitelist transaction, like registration transaction. Sorry, I'm getting a bit confused here. Uh, yeah, so basically the idea is that instead of looking back these six months, what if we sent these registration transactions to a burn address that we could monitor from our uh, client? Uh, Rob had inter has integrated like 90% of the op return, uh, you know, functionality from Bitcoin. Uh, earlier this year, uh, when I was looking into the advertising your own custom beacons, you know, uh, before I moved on to making the Boink server. The advantage of this is that uh, instead of looking back six, foot, uh, six months worth of blocks, you could just look up what's this one address that, and oh, well, there's all these transactions and you wouldn't then need to have to... Uh, re-register your beacon. It would be a permanent kind of thing. That would be nice. The, there's only one commit left that we need to integrate, and that's uh, allowing you to add uh, a watch address that isn't yours. And then once we've got that, yeah, uh, it could possibly improve uh, Gridcoin's efficiency. You know, you wouldn't be looking back six months worth of blocks for who's on the network, uh, neural network, and what projects are valid, you know.
That's pretty nice. That'd be kind of cool. So yeah, does anyone? Uh, we kind of kind of tangented off from talking about the the Project Rain uh, server. Does anyone have any questions about it? Or uh, one thing I've been thinking about recently is I've only added uh, second gen crypto platforms as alongside Gridcoin and uh, Steam, right? Uh, these platforms being ones that you can issue new assets on, right? So you're not like creating dust on the the. the the Bitcoin platform, you know, if you if you rained a single Bitcoin, you would uh, you would create spam effectively on their network. Uh, do you think we should extend it to some of the other main uh, cryptocurrencies that don't have these uh, second gen functionalities, or do you think we should uh, make a stand? Um, I think personally, I think start small and expand if there's need for it, or if there's questions about it. Um, I've learned that. You try to go big at the beginning, you end up with a lot of problems, especially if nobody's going to use those extra coins that you have to troubleshoot. Um, yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Well, it's just the fact that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure how, because uh, I'm not a brilliant with Docker, I'm not sure how the upgrade process would go, you know, if I wanted to change like the uh, the database as well as, uh, you know, all the, the PHP files. Uh I prefer to have it set in stone from the beginning, you know what I mean? Oh, I see. And you're using Boink the Doctor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he has the database. So he loads the database, if I remember correctly. I haven't looked at it in about a week or two. But he loads the database from a persistent volume, right? Mm. And it's recreated on every time you deploy, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I need to. I need to do more studying into Docker, guys. You know, <laughs> me too. It's something. It's I, awesome once you. Once sorry, you get the hang of it. It's actually really. It's really awesome once you get the hang of it. It'll make everything so much easier. But it's learning how to use it first. Yeah, definitely. I'm more used to normal virtualization. You know, with uh, VMware, or whatever. Uh, that that Fred that uh, I sent you, uh, Neurominer, the, regarding the different types of uh, Docker operating systems you can use. Uh, you know, if you, uh, what, what's your perspective on these? Do you think, uh, do you think running the Boink server on one of, one of them would improve security, or do you think it's, do you think it's just maybe a bit more efficient, or do you think it's necessary? I honestly don't think it's necessary. I, I looked at CoreOS, CoreOS, and I love CoreOS because mm. from a business perspective, it'd be perfect. You could, you know, it. it brings up servers automatically if they go down, but that's not something you really need with a Boink server, you know? Atomic is kind of the same thing. Um, I, I wouldn't see really the need for Atomic or um, CoreOS for a Boink server, um, unless you're mm-hmm. something huge like SETI, you know, where they probably do already have a bunch of servers and you want them to be up all the time. I, I don't, I mean especially for a small project where something like Project Rain, it can be down for an hour. No one will probably even notice. Um, I I wouldn't invest the time in getting that working uh, unless unless it's a feature you really, really want. I wouldn't bother because you you got to, it's it's another layer on top of Docker you got to learn, essentially. Yeah, that's that's very true. I'm getting ahead of myself, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Just no, enthusiastic. <laughs> no, it's once you get started, it's it's super cool. But it's it's really cool technology, and especially the core OS how it, how it works is really cool. But 
I think I think it's a little bit of overkill, at least for right now. It's always something that I mean, Docker containers are so easy and they're so portable that, and it's already you know, CoreOS uses the Docker containers that if you at a later time want to do it, I mean, boom, you, you can just do it. It's you don't have to rebuild the server or anything like that. You just push the container to the CoreOS. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, true. The migration would be difficult. Yeah. Right. It'd be cool to have a a, a Docker uh, Boink computation environment rather than just for the the server. Like could potentially increase security. You know, I, I was looking at uh, Project Atomic for that. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah, actually, that's what I thought the Boink Docker server was when I posted it. I got all excited. I was like, "Holy shit, the Boink and Docker!" And then, oh, the server. <laughs> there is a Boink uh, container for uh, a Boink Docker container, so you can do it. I've just never done it, and I think it might be old. But uh, you could certainly make one yourself. You know, it's not too difficult. Like he says, only having used Docker for a week. <laughs> 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 Does anyone have any, uh, uh, you know, topics to raise this week, or do you want to discuss anything from uh, prior weeks? Cool. Um, I could add to the splash screen contest. Um, one of the ideas I had was including the unlock wallet on the splash, so you don't see any of the contents of the wallet until you unlock it, so people can't like sift through your shit. Good idea. So kind of like a privacy screen. Yeah. So like while it's loading even and you, you know, you got uh, time to unlock it and chill out. We should maybe make like a, a wish list, Fred, you know, I think there used to be one, but it's quite old now. That's a good idea. Sure. Very good idea. Uh, and to add on to the um, splash screen, I'll, uh, I'll meet your, um, prize, so we can double it up to two thousand first, a thousand second. Cool, excellent, man. Thanks. Boom. You hear it there, guys? There's Throwing it down. Double bounty for just a splash image, guys. Come on. <laughs> Jeez, I'm gonna win lots of money. <laughs> oh yeah, I should spam the source files there. Um, the biggest issue, honestly, I think, would be. Well, not the biggest issue, but I think a main issue should just be cleaning up the wallet. It's just, you know, I, I spent some time looking at other wallets. They look so clean, so kind of easy, and Gridcoin's wallet, functional. It works for me, and if you know what you're doing, it's great. But it's not very good for someone who is not a techie or is a newbie. It's, it's, just, it's just not clean to me. I think the wallet really needs to be redone. Simplicity. Simplicity. Make it, you know, follow material design or whatever you want to do, but make something simple. Uh, you know, clean up the colors. Maybe not use so much green and blacks. Just you know, stick to one color. And I don't know. I, I feel like the wallet just doesn't look. If you were to, you know, put up wallets of all the different cryptocurrencies and you see Gridcoin, would you want to use Gridcoin, or would you think, ah, eh, that kind of looks, that doesn't look ready for prime time? You know what I mean? That's how I'd feel against, you know, like the other wallets that are out there. Needs more silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's definitely not as polished, but at the same time, like I, I, I was opening uh, up uh, new wallets for uh, the donation page, basically for this Project Rain site, and uh, I was get, you know getting an impression of all these different uh, wallets, and there's a a new trend of creating Chrome wallets and stuff, you know, and they're all very aesthetic, and uh, the the Ethereum wallet had like you know a startup wizard that you went you went through all the different phases, and it showed you the it downloading the blocks it didn't let you get to the the client before it did the you know and it was uh it was quite smart i, I think there is i, I don't want to you know I, the problem about you know saying all this stuff is that you know it's is difficult not to come across as being really crit- criticizing you know like uh, really negative against rob you don't want to like depress him or something like that no you know? no no but i agree definitely it's something that uh you could probably Again, the wish list thread, especially see if you do, if we create the wish list thread and you've got an idea, if you can do like mock-ups and stuff. In fact, we talked about this last week, didn't we? We were, yep. uh, we were talking about a mock-up uh, GUI change thread. I didn't create that. I'll create that. Yeah, let's do that. I, yeah, I definitely don't want to tell him that, you know, I don't want him to think that I think his wallet is crap or anything like that. It's obviously a lot of work and to get it working is, I mean, it's no joke. I could never do it. Um, but I think there's room for improvement, at least. Well, it's kind of the same thing, like uh, with tech journalism and stuff. You know, really people that know a lot about their software aren't necessarily good at writing about it. He has uh, a couple of design issues that we've noticed. Nobody gets everything right the first time. It's just refinement. That's all it is, really. It's refinement. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's probably not that hard to also just download the current version of GitHub and then change because I think. The, the GUI stuff is, is not that complicated. So, like, easy changes like getting out this button, putting another button, making the layer a little bit different. I think we could also do it, not just just drop. That's true. That's true. Um, what is it? What is the what is the wallet written in? Does anybody know? C plus plus for some of it. Use Qt four for the GUI. Oh, okay. Oh, and uh, like all the advanced section, uh, and I think maybe even some of the core functionality uses uh, .NET, which is uh, Rob's uh, programming language of choice. So that's where the the incompatibilities uh, arise when you you know uh, installing on Linux. The, the, that functionality just doesn't work. Uh, perhaps you know we could switch to Mono, but per, uh, prefer if we went to you know a C plus plus and you know a C plus plus route instead. It could be like the the blank manager where you have a simple mode and an advanced mode. Well, these are things that potentially, you know, that uh, the Joey guy can uh, look into. Uh, we had a bit of an update uh, midweek. Uh, it, you know, uh, initially Joey was having troubles, uh, you know, compiling the wallet, getting QT working and whatnot, but he managed to get it working and uh, Rob says he's looking into the, the program now. So that's kind of cool. Awesome. I think the main priorities when he was uh, recruited was uh, client stability and uh, porting stuff, the voting over to Linux, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe that's what it was. It was the voting and maybe the neural network, maybe? Uh, I don't remember, but I know voting. Not sure. That was over the Linux wallet. Anyone listening in that's got uh, C++ programming skills, you're... uh, you're very welcome to join, you know. <laughs> no matter if it's... I actually asked a guy... I, sorry, I actually asked a guy during one of our shows. He's uh, an old 
C programmer. He's like, oh, maybe I'll sharpen up the old <laughs> pen. That'd be really cool. Yeah, man. Sometimes you find things in the strangest places. And uh, you were talking about, uh, Pepper, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, your alternative client. Uh, and uh, I was talking about potentially uh, create, you know, what if we created just the, the neural network in C, just that functionality, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about, because um, you did that in like a bash script with Maria. Yeah, yeah. currently my, my, process is to download all the xml files uh the compressed xml files then uh just use bash to just force them into uh maria db you know (laughs) there's a risk of like you know if uh if someone's put in malicious code or something that would just be inserted directly into maria db you know and mess of it also, the the files that are like a gig and a gig plus in size, they just lock up the computer immediately if you try and uh, import it, which is a bit of a nightmare. I have to get around. Oh, mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, neural network and the XML files, right? Uh, currently, we use we download the full uh, XML GZ files, you know. So we have like all. Uh, the entire point community's stats, not just our own team, right? We could probably scale that back if we're not going to look into uh, removing the team uh, team requirement in the short term. You know, instead of pulling the entire GZ files that are, uh, you know, potentially use up to like, what, 2 gigs? 1.2, you know, uh, 2 gigs of space in your computer. Uh, instead of that, we could maybe use like, I don't know, 10 megs if, you just, if we just downloaded the... Uh, our specific uh, team XML file. I guess that could possibly uh, reduce the like the issue with the super block last Saturday. It looks like someone managed to stake a super block with only three, uh, you know, projects. Uh, but why did they only get those three projects in the first place? Perhaps their computer wasn't, you know, capable of. Uh, perhaps it ran out of space or something, you know. It's quite inefficient, I'm saying. So how would you get just our team's stats? Because the team's file is includes all the teams, doesn't it? The one that it pulls? Yeah, we pull... Uh, I think we pull all users instead of just all teams kind of thing. Uh, and then we filter for you know our team ID. I might be butchering what's actually going on, but I know we download massive files instead of just the XML files. Uh, the Boink Web RPC documentation shows how you can uh, you can specifically extract uh, Team XML. In fact, I'll link you uh, the Project Rain site. Uh, exactly the tutorial. Two seconds. Sorry, two seconds. All right, that file is the current rain tutorial. So that's like, uh, it, it shows you the downloading of the files and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it shows you, like, I'll give you an example for uh, burp, two seconds.
So see in the chat, there's a, a link to oh, it's, it, the HTML doesn't fully work. So you'd have to uh, click it and then change it. But the basic uh, gist of it is you do a uh, team email list, uh, team ID, and then XML equals one. And you will be able to get your full team stats that we could use for the neural network. I was thinking, you know, okay, so we could scale back to this and reduce the neural network size, but then if we wanted to expand it to other teams in the future, you know, not saying that we should at this very moment, because it is a controversial topic, we could potentially, you know, uh, we potentially have it in a neural network that, okay, we look up this team ID, which is ours, but we could also look up this other team ID, you know, and we could introduce potentially, okay, instead of just blanket including all teams what if you had to pay to register an individual project's uh, other team you know uh, like say we had we charged I don't know a quarter of a million grand coin would you be cool with adding another team to an individual project you know that's a good idea this is an example but yeah. that's a way we could potentially uh, you know expand not just from not just team Gridcoin and uh, benefit the Gridcoin network or, you know, financially at the same time. Do you have any questions about that kind of idea? Like scaling back the uh, the file sizes used by the neural network or do you have uh, anything to bring up? It's an open, uh, an open platform. I'm actually looking through compression methods and uh, shell scripts to load your XMLs to Maria user. <laughs> Sorry, what was that again? Um, when does... I'm in five minutes ago, land. <laughs> All right, go, go, go. <laughs> um, how close are we to finishing the SSL vote? Is it this week that it ends? It's one week from, uh, I think, Monday. So we've got another like nine okay. days to go, yeah. Okay. Half a fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> Still, no idea what that means. <laughs> it's better that way. So I think I think it ends on the fourth of all, uh, September. So the plan after that is, uh, what are we what are we going to do? Should we give them one more try, or should we start the vote process? I, I think uh, I think just immediately creating. Sorry, if it goes one way or the other, if it does go through, uh, we should immediately uh, make the uh, polls for their whitelist status, which will give them two weeks of you know potential time to amend it. To which, if you want to keep that project, you go, you talk to that Boink server uh, admin. Oh, yeah, so just do vote for every single project all at the same time, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Which thanks you think we should go about it differently? I mean, we've I've been chasing this up since April, you know. I think I think it's doing it all at once is the fairest way to do it. Uh, my biggest worry is people that have, let's say, like C, I think Karaka only crack only does CPDN or something like that. So say you have someone that mm-hmm. only does two projects, and two of their projects are about to picked off the whitelist, they're going to lose out huge if their projects don't, you know, add SSL. They're going to have to find a new project, start building Rack. I, I, I get, I, I'm wondering if some people will probably not be too happy about it. Well, I mean, K- 
case in point, like uh, someone in IRC was like, oh, when did Bitcoin Utopia get removed from the whitelist? <laughs> and they linked to, linked to a thread in Bitcoin Utopia where people are explaining what went down and stuff like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we could do like, I think, um, was it Faye mentioned last time, a, a message of the day in the wallet or have a whitelist directly in the wallet besides having to go to the neural network to see it. Because I think a lot of people don't even know that you can go into your neural network and it shows you up-to-date whitelist. Yeah. So I think that's that would really help. But yeah, I, 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 could, I think the fairest thing is to do them all. But I, I can see some people being like, well, what happened to all my projects? Where, where, where's all my mag? I, I'm missing you know, three projects. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's always going to happen if they're. I, I think a lot of people set up their their boink environment like they would do with a mining environment, like set up and walk away and not check it for like you know over a week at a time. You know, oh, it's not caught fire, go cool. sorted, and not check their you know income or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so even if it if we do do a lot of outreach, uh, which we will, uh, I'll. We'll raise the, uh, we'll make a big deal of it on every single platform. Um, talk about it uh, at least twice in the upcoming uh, fifth and sixth hangouts. Uh, I'll talk about it in the Beyond Bitcoin hangouts. Uh, you know, just get it out there. But there will still be individuals that will just miss it all. You know, it always happens. Yeah. So what about if we take? because I, I know you are the founder of some of some of the uh, team or the grid coin team in some projects what if you email every user on those projects and tell them that they need to vote if they want to keep or they need to contact their admin if they want to keep it because that would be the quickest way to get to every user that's crunching that project yeah, we could potentially do that. The only problem is that, again, straight to, we're talking about interacting with Rob again, who's extremely busy. He's the he's the team founder for, like, uh, I don't know, like 25 of yeah, the projects. Yeah. Uh, less, actually, probably about 22. I'm the team founder for about four, and I think there's, like, three that are held by other users. Uh, speaking of team founders, someone tried to... Uh, uh, did the request for team founder on YoYo again? So, yeah, but no big deal. Uh, um, yeah, then that's fine. Let's let's start the vote. I know. I I, I think we should we should create the uh, the tutorials. I think in the in this upcoming like week, you yeah, know, good idea. Post it on their forum so that there's not no documentation. But I think if we just throw these projects out of the whitelist, then some people will not know this and they will be angry because, oh, why doesn't it work again? I've been doing so much work. I'm not getting rewarded for it and everything. So if possible in any way, we should try to inform them before because people feel cheated extremely easily that they have done work, which was not rewarded and everything. Then they think it's a scam or anything. And so people get angry very easy about stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could we could maybe try and get Rob to email these affected users, and you know, directly. Uh... But ultimately, if they're not participating in the community, if they're not checking like Reddit, Telegram, Steam, uh, Slack, IRC, then how are we going to get that message across? Otherwise, you know. Yeah, but most people 
planet we have like over 2000 people and most of them are not regularly on IC or the forum or everything they found out about gridcon at some point and they still have it running they still have point running in the background but they they are not they do not inform themselves regularly so and then they find out oh my mac is dropped i don't know what's going on and maybe they just stop boinking at gridcon a lot of the pool users too that you know Sign up to pool because it's the easiest thing. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like, like how far can we even go? There's only so much we can do. We can really put a bat signal up to inform everyone. So, but yeah, I think we're going to have some people that aren't going to be too happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should let that take us hostage, though. You know, absolutely not. I think definitely some outreach will have to happen, and if these affected projects are ones that you do like and you know you're listening today or later on and you know your podcast app or whatever uh do try and interact with the point project and uh that's affected ultimately your security is at risk you know I still wait be, uh, until Rob can send out something as the team founder because then this can reach everyone and then nobody's going to be surprised and he can say, okay, there was a vote, this was decided. So for the moment, you can no longer crunch it and get grid coins for it. Then they at least know it. And I think one week or two weeks, I don't know how long it takes Rob to do it, won't make that much of a difference. Uh, maybe. It could take a while though. I mean, I've emailed Rob in the past with this... Uh email marketing idea uh, basically asking uh, hey could you send us uh, the list of email addresses but I guess that is like a, I don't know potentially a, a security concern like well not so much the security concern but it's kind of like a a breaking of trust if say if the if Rob who's a team founder extracts the emails then hands it to me who's uh, a team founder of other projects but not of the projects in in uh, question, then potentially that's like a breach of data protection. You know, uh, we could chase. Yeah, I mean, but you could formulate the email and dro- then drop just copy paste it and. It. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. It could work that way. That's the best way to do it. Create a create an email, an email, general email going out to all of those, and and ask Rob to cut and paste and send. But I mean, we are, are you going to be? would he be able to send out this kind of an email uh, through his normal, uh, you know, email client, you know, potentially outbound like tens of thousands of users, you know, perhaps he would have to look into the mail, MailChimp or, you know, email marketing himself. Well, we need to find out if that's, if, if it is possible for him to do that. And if it isn't, we may have future things that come up where we may need to to do the same thing. Uh, and it may be a good idea to look into that and find out if there is a way to do it that he can very easily port into. I guess I could, uh, I could raise a GitHub issue, uh, talking directly to Rob and, you know, uh, pointing him towards the email marketing idea and... Uh, you know, raising the point that, you know, uh, when these projects come up for whitelist, could you, you know, send an email out? Because ultimately it is the responsibility of the team founder to, you know, carry out these team founder uh, activities. Yeah, especially if he agrees that an SSL is an important uh, security uh, concern.
Yeah, indeed. Maybe we should look into, I mean, like we said a ton of times, he's obviously extremely busy. He's got a lot going on. I'm sure emailing is at the top of the list, not even the top of my list, and I'm not as busy as he is. Um, look into creating a like a team of users that we can transfer all the founders to and like three or four people in the community all have access and they can all manage all the um, projects we have access to. See, they're really generally admin functions and, you know, really it shouldn't be with the dev to cover those admin functions. Yeah, but at the same time, some users right. are like, oh, we should hand all responsibility to Rob, you know, or who should it be? I mean, I've got I've got four uh, team founder accounts just purely because I was there first, you know. When new projects are created, uh, you know, potentially an individual could seize these team founder uh permissions ahead of us getting there officially that would just be a matter of chasing up that the blank admin though you know that's true i mean but there's really nothing we can do about that if that happens i just mean taking it off rob's plate so he doesn't have to worry about it and then in the end we don't have to about something like this where you know getting a hold of him to have him send out an email we could just have one or people do it I mean, I I could see the uh, the benefits behind distributing responsibility of an emailing platform, but distributing the responsibilities of team founders is quite dangerous, purely because uh, team founders have quite powerful uh, abilities. You can kick users from the team, which immediately invalidates their CPID uh, for that project in the neural network. Uh, so effectively, you have control over the reward mechanism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, we're only talking about admin functions here, um, Customizer. We're not talking about any of the, the upper functions of a founder at all. Um, it's, it's, it's taking weight off of them purely from the admin point of view. Yeah, I get that. But in order to get the emails in the first place, you're in the same you know, admin panel. Um, isn't there an option to add... Um assistant admins or something inside of a uh, boink when you're the founder you can add other admins isn't that an option as well and you don't get as many permissions yeah I mean you need to delegate I'm not sure if that's a thing I could definitely I check say I read uh, that somewhere, but I want to say I read it somewhere but I don't know where and I don't obviously I don't have any permissions so um, either way I mean oh I see how it is yeah, I feel like there was an option to add users to help manage the team. And I believe they didn't have the same, they didn't have all the permissions as the founder, but they had some permissions to do at least some kind of administrative stuff. And if emailing is one of them, then that'd be perfect. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, even if someone, let's say someone goes rogue, like you were saying, and deletes everyone from the, the team, I mean, our biggest, when we had the problem with Wooprop, the reason we didn't, I mean, we could kick them out, but he can just join again, right? So someone goes through and kicks me out. That's yeah. fine. I'll just join again tomorrow. It's not that big of a deal. And it's just a matter of time before that admin gets taken out. Yeah, true. I mean, potentially uh, the problem would lie in, say, he kicked you out of the team, Right. So you get removed from the new network, but then you have to wait 24 hours to get re-registered on the network, potentially. Well, 
Although I'm not sure how far that would work. I mean, if you were valid on every, like 10 other projects, maybe you'd stay in. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think it would only it would only apply to that one. Pro- like you can't kick someone out of Yo-Yo and it kicks me out of Gridcoin on a different project. I just wouldn't earn anything for Yo-Yo. Yeah, it would be, mo- it would be most destructive if uh, that was your only project and you were kicked from it. Yeah. Well, and I guess the same people would have access to every single project so they could kick you out of there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can uh, add or remove team admins. I'm in one of my projects that I haven't joined uh, Team Gridcoin yet. I still have my old team founder account. I'm in the administration, and it says edit team info, member list, view change history, remove members, change founder, add remove team admins. Uh, remove team and message board. So add remove team admins shows me edit team information, name, URL, description, country, view the team's join quit history, moderate the team forum. Uh, if any admins get email notification of moderation events and red X reports, team admins cannot change the team founder, remove members or add or remove team admins. So maybe you can email. There you go. They can't Doesn't really say <laughs> Uh, it sounds like they get email notifications for uh, message boards, but they may not be may not be able to see the email list. Yeah, I think it might be worth uh, you know chasing up this email marketing idea. You know, with Rob uh, potentially working out a mutual uh, uh, mailing list, uh, you know, platform and the PO box, you know, thing. I don't think you can you know register a PO box in this country uh, without using your real name. So, yeah. Uh. Just little hurdles, you know what I mean? Have we looked into creating a Boink-wide team so that the, the uh, our team is created automatically for new Boink projects? That's not something we've done. We could definitely well, do that, though. Yeah. It says to have this team created on all Boink projects, current and future, make it into a Boink-wide team. And I will put the link in chat now. Have fun. Cool. So I just have to email David Anderson about that, and you'll kind of manually tick it or something? Yeah. yeah. used to be a form. But cool, I'll do it. that. There we go. Crisis averted. Excellent. I, I don't know what it does with uh, if that team already exists on some projects. I tried finding out, and I couldn't find anything solid on it. I don't know, like, does it just overwrite? You know, you know what I mean? Is it going to overwrite all the founders on the already existing projects, or is it, like, from now on? <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Uh, contests uh, I remember someone was saying that Startail was talking about it perhaps uh, I know there's a SETI and a world community grid contests are occurring uh, I could look into creating another couple uh, in a couple weeks in advance yeah I think uh, I think everybody enjoyed it um, we just have to make sure to hit up the admins first this time um, let them know yeah, good point. How are we doing in SETI now? I think we're tenth place. I saw last time. The problem about their SETI contest is that you have to register on their their site before your stats are counted. So, you know, they're not being advertising that very much. You know, I'm not seeing it on uh, slash our boink whatever. So, they're, you know, 
Uh, yeah, we're number one, but really, we're number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the ones that are tracked on Boink stats a lot more. Yeah. Oh, you can't run two at a time, you know? You have to run one at a time yeah. for an, a full week. It's easy to win when only you know the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Seti's taking an age to validate stuff as well. Sounds like they need some grid coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, does anybody know how Seti does validation? Do they do like their own validation, or do they do wingman validation? Not sure. I'd assume both. Uh, it's something definitely would be uh, answerable by David Anderson if he uh, joined us in the future. If you're listening, do uh, please attend the next uh, hangout. <laughs> Perhaps it would be worth, uh, you know, uh, sending uh, or creating a like a blank template for, hey, what's what kind of validation you're doing, and then putting it on the individual forums, kind of like a survey kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I think you were saying you were collecting this kind of information on individual projects in the past. Yeah, I was looking at it. Um, I've been trying to pull it. I'll eventually get to SETI. I'm just not there yet, and I'll be able to tell. How they do it when I get there. It's probably already posted in the form somewhere anyway. I was just curious if somebody knew. It's a bit of an overwhelming process considering it's like, what, 30, 29 whitelisted and then, you know, dozens of uh, unwhitelisted projects out there. Yeah, yeah, it takes a while. And, you know, you got to crunch a couple projects and you got to log into the website. You got to see, like, what happens to the woos after you run them. Do they sit in validation or in pending? Do they go to another PC? So it takes a while. And I sometimes have to, you know, work. You know, so. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, looking at the SETI at home website, they have a bunch of uh, validator servers here. Uh, Trader Man was saying, what if we were to approach uh, SETI with a Gridcoin sponsored competition with funds from the foundation? It's definitely something we could do, especially with the... Uh, the Project Rain uh, point project, if that is live alongside that, we could reward users uh, outside of Team Gridcoin. So, you know, that could potentially increase our uh, recruitment rate, you know. It'd give us a lot of exposure. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, so I guess the biggest takeaway, or the only one I can think of, is uh, we'll work on some kind of uh, documentation for SSL for the projects. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few things written down here. So we've got the GUI mock-up thread. We've got the wish list thread. Uh, creating new project contests. Uh, approaching SETI with the idea of a contest of Gridcoin, uh, you know, to rain on users. Uh, we've got the Boink wide team uh, application. Uh, we've got investigating whether or not we can hand uh, lesser permissions to team admins from team founders. Uh, what was that one you were just saying, Neurominer? Sorry, I just raised my memory there. Um, creating the uh, SSL instructions for admins. Yeah, the documentation. Excellent. Yeah. 
Also, looking through the forums here, Neural Miner, uh, I see that the SETI at home does require wingman validation. Okay. Cool. Thanks. I was curious. I was more just curious. Yeah, no problem. I just like finding That's things out. Really I wired. can't, like, somebody asks a question, I can't help but try and answer it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why there's so many. Probably why there's so many work units impending waiting for validation then. That's what they say. Uh, it could take months for validation sometimes because uh, it depends on the results being like exactly the same. And since the results yep. take like a day and a half to do, right? A week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think how it usually works is if the two aren't the same, they go to a third yeah. wingman for validation. It's, and it's it's a long process. It's up to 10. To 10? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Well, hope Mercosity uh, got his uh, work units in order then. Yeah. He's going to be there a while. Yeah, it seems to take a long time. Uh, Trader Man was asking in mes uh, the message uh, chat box even, uh, you know, about uh, talking about removing the team requirement. I've just linked uh, my stance regarding that. I'm for removing the team requirement. The uh, the main set, the main difficulty would be to scale uh, the neural network out. Uh, like as I said uh, earlier, when when I'm using uh, Bash to import, uh, you know, these XML files into a MariaDB database, probably the wrong way of doing it. You know, if you're a database admin, uh, hit me up. You know. Uh, yeah, what basically what I was saying is that if I'm importing these like one gig files, uh, then potentially it crashes the computer. So it could, you know, we could be overwhelming the the grid client client when it's already quite in, you know inefficient, you know, uh, at the moment with the long load times and stuff. Uh, I say it's probably something later on in the year, uh, like when the client's more stable, when when Joy is uh, started, uh, you know. Uh, delivering on uh, improvements and stuff. Like, I definitely think we should inc improve the uh, the voting system before we get there, and uh, maybe chase up the the fourth gen Boink system uh, with the Boink management committee before we really commit to uh, removing the team requirement. You know, because the. Mm -hmm. If we were to, we could potentially remove the team requirement, right? If we managed to scale up, we could remove the team requirement, but then we would need to consider increasing the uh, increasing the requirements for like a neural network uh, whitelist. So, like, we would have to dig into, as Neural Miner was talking about, how do Boink projects validate work? Like, could I potentially, you know, be in another team? Could I be in my own team, right? getting a rewarded grid coin and fraudulently, you know, earning a high magnitude, which you couldn't combat, you know, which the the answer to that would be, we got to have stricter and uh, neural network with uh, more insight into how individual projects work, you know, to which we could possibly find all that out if we were to interview individual project admins in a future uh, Gridcoin uh, hangouts, you know. Does anyone have uh, uh, thoughts regarding this? Uh, you know, the team requirement. You know, uh, pro, con, far against. Um, I'm pretty indifferent. I know there's some people that are pretty passionate about one way or the other. 
Um, so I think it's going to be going to be interesting. Interesting to see what happens with it. I'm the same as Neurominer at the moment. Yeah, I think there's more hurdles than we can handle at the moment if we were to just suddenly remove it. I think, uh, you know, if you're wanting to uh, reward all Boink users, then look into the Project Rain Boink project. That's what it's built for. You know, you could spend like $5 and issue uh, a user-issued asset on BitShares against every, you know, uh, Boink user that registers their uh, BitShares account. Obviously, doing that, like the the user-issued asset wouldn't have any value, but I was thinking about that today. You can specify the minimum, uh, like how divisible coins are, right, on uh, on BitShares. So if you put it to, they're not divisible, so it's whole coins, you could potentially issue like a badge for participating in a contest, but as like a, as a crypto asset, you know, to which you could then like trade badges or whatever. It's just a silly idea. <laughs> Some people like that. Some people like nothing's ever silly. Some people like those sort of things. I do. Well, collectibles are rare, you know. No, it's true. Well, <laughs> Got to catch them all. <laughs> Look at Pokemon, yeah. No, it's it's he's he's. <laughs> I mean, he's right. Lots of people care about the badges. They care about the credits, and I mean, we've seen it in the forums that people are very passionate about that kind of thing so maybe you know maybe it'll work there was that uh, I, was, I was seeing there's a trading card game that uses the you know the blockchain it, like you have your cards as crypto assets or whatever that'd be quite interesting like it's similar kind of thing but for boink users you know like perhaps the higher your magnitude is the higher likelihood of you receiving uh, uh, you know one of these assets the problem with uh, Project Rain is that it introduces a centralized authority into the issuance of coins, right? Or issuance of assets. Whereas with Gridcoin, there's the advantage of no one is in charge. You know, there are individuals with uh, higher permissions, like the team founders, but there isn't like, you know, uh, I can't interrupt your payments or whatever, you know? It's all up to the discretion of the the project rain issuer to you know accurately pay you. No, I'm just saying I'm I'm really excited to see Project Rain and how it pans out. I think it's especially to be able to rain another crypto assets, I think it's gonna be awesome. I think it'll be quite interesting to see how other cryptocurrency platforms react to us. I mean, I've added uh, two Hyperledger uh, projects, one of whom, uh, both of them are, uh, what was it, Sky uh, something Tooth Lake. Uh, Sky Tooth Lake is an Intel bank, uh, sorry, Intel uh blockchain project. And then there's uh, Fiber, which is an IBM project. So I was thinking of like, uh, hitting up World Community Grid. Uh, like recently, they were like, oh, what can we do to, you know, improve our community relations or something? And uh, we tweeted at them, oh, you know, Project Rain Gridcoin on your users. But what if we called them out, like, issue your own crypto asset from your own project, you know? Yeah. Bob is posting updates right now. Oh, yeah? 
Original content. Ooh. Huh? Gotta go right first on it. <laughs> cool. 75%. Oh, sweet. Okay, right. So I'll just get, uh, read this out. So uh, Rob has been talking about, uh, he's been working on client load time based on the GitHub issue. So that's like, that issue was created in GitHub like a couple days ago. So if you've got something that's bugging you constantly with the client, create a GitHub issue, or increase their GitHub stats, and also get, you know, uh, the attention of Rob. So he wants to give an update on Joe, the second developer. He started programming and he was assigned a a task to port the Windows voting system to Qt uh, away from .NET. So that looks like it'll be across both uh, Linux and Windows. That sounds cool. So he's ported 75% of it this week and he sent screenshots uh, and it looks good already. So uh, he's going on vacation at the moment, so he won't be able to code for he won't be able to integrate the code for two weeks, so cool. That's good. So in a, a, a couple uh, in a fortnight, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll hopefully see an upgrade to the voting system. To which you know that that glitch that came out with the uh, the all projects and the the communication platforms, which prevented GUI users from voting, may be fixed and perhaps. Uh, Perhaps the voting will be improved because Joey has got a pretty impressive resume. So that is going to be implemented, uh, being able to have, you know, 30 choices? I'm not sure about the maximum uh, question limit, but I did create an issue for that on GitHub. So it should be on uh, Joey's attention, you know. Um, because I remember RT Miner was something in, maybe it was in chat about there might actually be an issue with that being in the blockchain uh, or something like that. Am, am I right? It's been a couple of days since he talked about it. I, I, he's posted in the announcement thread basically saying, uh, uh, oh, why did you create this? What are your artillery mo- uh, motives and stuff? This uh, You should uh, keep it short and snappy kind of thing. I responded to him and basically said, you know, uh, it's just informal, you know, just having a laugh and goof a gaff, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think that you should be allowed to have, uh, you know, 30 options in it. I mean, like, that's the amount of projects that are on, you know, in the whitelist. You know, if we potentially were to move to, you know, uh, if we were to do the, the magnitude multiplier or a continuous whitelist poll, you know, then 30 projects in a single poll wouldn't be out of the, qu- the, the equation, you know. And also, I don't think that all uh, polls should be only for business, the, you know, purposes. Like, sh- fair enough, keep the, the foundation poll section strictly for foundation purposes and stuff. But, uh, you know, go ahead and create informal uh, polls, like, would you prefer apples or oranges kind of thing? That's cool. Just shows off the functionality of voting within our system. 
Uh, I mean, not many uh, cryptocurrency platforms have voting in their platforms, you know. Right. It also gets people used to using it as well. Definitely. I mean, uh, fair enough. Uh, you can uh, a lot of people abstain from voting in topics that they don't know. Uh, you know the outcome of you know either option you know uh, so if you've got the option to vote in a silly poll it gets you used to the process and then hopefully will drive up uh, vote weight participation of which it's been quite poor in the past especially the fact for you know important topics you know absolutely um oh ex- sorry just to uh, update you uh uh, Rob posted uh, in response to the uh, GitHub issue that I raised with the 30 project, uh, sorry, the 30 options that caused the glitch. He says, fixing this now, happened to stumble across it today. So, yeah, there okay, we go. Okay, well, if it's now a feature. Awesome. Hey. Um, on the subject of voting, um, have we, we haven't really gotten any traction on the whole balance issue, have we? The magnitude and balance vote weight yeah, uh, balance connection. That's kind of died out, hasn't it? I'll quickly link uh, the issue in GitHub to everyone in chat just to get everyone up to speed. It's because the whales control all the media, Neurominer. Right, there we go in uh, the chat. So basically, the TLDR is the uh, the main vote weight type that we use for uh, you know important community polls and for the foundation expenses is magnitude plus balance, where magnitude vote weight is equal to uh, balance vote weight. So both magnitude and balance have about approximately three hundred seventy eight million vote weight. So uh my per, my stance regarding this is that we should reduce the magnitude vote weight significantly uh we were talking about the the main the main topic where we've kind of stumbled uh, on you know is what's the correct balance i mean we could do the absolute minimum which is the 30 days of proven verification even though that's not actually how rack is calculated but uh up to a percentage, you know. Uh, but uh, we worked out that if you were to to do a full year's uh, uh, DPOR rewards as uh, you know your vote weight, uh, it would work out to only be like five percent versus a hundred percent for MagV's balance, right? So that's quite unfair, you know. But uh, we were talking about potentially having it 70% coin versus 30% magnitude. So the magnitude would still have, you know, quite a, a decent weight. I mean, the risk with having a high uh, magnitude vote weight is that what just happened there last Saturday, uh, a, super, a bad super block was created, right? Where free projects suddenly had 10 times the vote weight. To, fair enough. At the moment, we have an uh, a human actor that interprets the the result of a poll and it enforces it. Right. So we've got that kind of last, you know, uh, we've got that to safety net. Right. But in the event in the future that we have an automated system, right? If uh, 
you know, this, a super bad super block goes in, suddenly someone's got an inflated uh, voting weight, they could potentially, uh, you know, manipulate polls, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a valid concern. I just don't think that we should base how voting is done on a bug somewhere else. Um, you know, yeah, no, 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 I get it. The, I, I, I think that mag is giving way too much of a vote weight. I mean, you can tell when someone with a high mag votes, the, especially with such a low voting numbers, it's it's over. Like that's that's it. That's the, it's decided. Yeah. Um, and I think I was behind the seventy thirty. I think it's been a while since I looked. The biggest issue that yeah. I have, you know, I have obviously, I, I don't want to pull it too far away from the mag just because. Mag is something that you have to work on every single day. Like if you stop crunching, you're done. You, your vote doesn't count anymore. If I have 100,000 grid coin, I can vote forever with 100,000 grid coin. So if I uh-huh. earned my grid coin 10 years ago, I still have just as much vote as someone who is actively crunching today and is active in the project and in grid coin using their mag. And I think that, you know, some the mag should be given a good amount of weight because those are the people that are active in the community right now. And they're the ones doing the work right now. Um, I can't use my mag from six months ago to vote, but someone can use their balance that they've been holding onto for six months to vote. So I think, yeah, mag it's be definitely, given. we need to, we do need to strike a decent balance, not nerf the crap out of magnitude. So people are, you know, are disheartened into not crunching anymore. Right. I'd say another reason, uh, you know, the giving a high uh, vote weight to magnitude is difficult or, well, risky is that, you know, fair enough, yes, it's expensive to maintain a high magnitude if you are doing the computation yourself. However, if you're running a pool, uh, it's quite cheap. It's only the server costs and fair enough, your time spent creating the pool in the first place. Uh, We've only got the one pool at the moment. Oh, well, actually, technically, we've got the such two flex. because there's such flex, yeah. But say we do go ahead and we manage to get an open source pool kit out there and suddenly we've got now, like, 10 pools, right? Uh, which would be great, but, uh, you know, that would potentially give an individual uh, a serious vote weight to which they would have the economic incentive to pick, to vote projects out, potentially, you know, if it increases their uh, project's uh, ma- uh, overall magnitude, which would increase their fees or whatever. That's true. And I Just wildly speculating here, though. Yeah. No, I agree with Go that. Ahead, and sorry. I mean, the same thing could happen. Like, such flex is pretty high. Let's say such flex, they're making the most money off of, uh, I'm just going to say Burp. I don't know if Burp has SSL or not. And you put up a vote for Burp, they're obviously going to say no. We want to keep Burp because that's how we make the most money. They are going to have a higher mag than most users. They're going to be able to keep a non-SSL project in just by themselves if they have a high enough mag. So it, it does make sense with the pools. The other thing is, though, that pools will more than likely have a higher balance than regular users as well, though, um, especially if, you know, they hold on. They only pay out, let's say, once every two weeks or once a week or something like that. They're, they're going to stake often. They're going to have a higher balance than someone else. So even if you take it away from mag, they're still going to, you know, they're still going to beat out a, a solo user no matter how, where you put it. It's, you know, 12 in one hand, a dozen in the other. 
Yeah, I think I don't think the risk of balance, uh, you know, vote weight on pools as as uh, is as much of a, a concern as the vote risk for exchanges. You know, a lot of people keep their coins in exchanges. You know, how big is Poloniex or CSEX, uh their grid coin wallet? I mean. Uh, there has been in the past on other platforms. I know that with the sorry, I'm rattling on about BitShares again, but it's relevant. Uh, they they had a couple uh, exchanges, you know, use uh, their users' uh, coins for vote, voting on uh, community topics that you know prevented uh, you know worker proposals going through or whatever. It's not out of the question. Yeah, that's actually a. That's yeah, and actually think about um, exchanges because have a wallet they can vote. Hmm. We're what we're really talking about here is what I would call relative democracy. Well, yeah, getting it more accurate, you know. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, there's really nothing to that we can do about something like that. I mean, we can't just blacklist certain wallets from voting uh, so with what can we do yeah i don't think we should go down the route of trying to blacklist individual no, addresses or cpids because that could be workaround and it, it's not you know it's not positive it's kind of you know let's censor who can vote right. where you know i don't know it's a tough one It's a complicated issue. I mean, we could possibly, uh, you know, uh, bring it to Rob's attention again. (laughs) Poor man. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, uh, Bo, 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 Max was saying in the chat there uh, to update the snapshot. What's the process with that? Uh, that's uh, Rob again. Good. You see, delegation. Yeah. Portrait. I mean, I, I I tried making my own snapshots, and I think uh, the problem that I encountered, I think Neuraminer fixed, was that, uh, you know, users were extracting it, then uh, the client would crash, you know, it would throw up errors, and the problem was that the... the uh, the files were still technically owned by my user account, you know, instead of their local user account or whatever. So I could potentially create snapshots, but I'd need to look into uh, testing it before doing it live again. Cause I just kind of pushed them out live and then people were like, ah, it's broken my shit, you know? Yeah. Like, I did not foresee this. Sorry. <laughs> How old is the snapshot? Hmm. July, I believe. Uh, July 10th. That's old. Yeah, it's quite old. And the other problem with, uh, if you go to vote, change the mag weight vote, um, I think that that's something that maybe we should look at what the voting weight is going to be. Are we going to, like, if you're going to change the vote to take it away from MAG, obviously the people with the MAG are going to vote no. So should we do 
that that's more of a because you can change the type of vote, right? It doesn't have to be mag balance for voting, right? Yeah, I mean, like, should we put it to a, a vote, you know? Uh, is there overwhelming consensus to yeah, change cause... it this way? Or do you think we should put it to... We could put it to a balance-only vote, you know? Well, then that's the people that are balanced. If you're worried about... Then I think the that, people with the yeah. balance are going to vote for balance at that point. I I feel like that kind of vote should be put to a quantity, not a quantity of, like, how many votes this way, how many votes that way. And I think that's an option. It's like mag balance... Um, like how many per vote, and there's one more, I think. Uh, CPD, CPID count. We could potentially we could do a couple alongside each other. Basically, have one for one for balance, one for mag plus balance, and then one for CPID count, and have users vote on all three. And that way, we get to see the three different you know outcomes and take a more you know accurate you know reading That's from that. I guess take an average across the whole thing. That's a good yeah. Yeah, because I can just create a new CPID tomorrow. So. Yeah, I mean CPID count could potentially uh, be manipulated. Although your CPID does have to be older than the uh, the the poll length two weeks, so you would have to create all the CPIDs, you know, in advance. Be right back. If you were two minutes later, no. go ahead. No, I'm saying be right back, creating some CPID. Oh, yeah, no, it's not so good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, I think that's pretty good. I'll talk to the uh, SR base guy again um, this coming week and see where he is. Because um, I'd like to get, if we're going to start voting out projects soon, I'd like to get some of them filled so we can stay around the 30 number. Yeah. That'd be pretty nice. I don't want to have it down to like 10 projects. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if anyone knows of new Boink projects popping up, yeah, definitely uh, approach them, introduce them to Gridcoin. If they're, if they're new Boink projects, they, they could potentially be, you know, uh, they may integrate Gridcoin right away, you know, or put a banner up or whatever. kind of act like uh we're the way it's going to be like oh no no like oh i don't notice anybody else is, has stuff <laughs> like that be like no no like everybody's gonna follow suit you just just do it <laughs> don't, don't, don't you worry you'll assimilate soon yeah <laughs> you're just the first you're just the, you're just the first like, one to do it everybody's like doing it right now <laughs> it's not a matter of if but when get this get the stone rolling <laughs> All the cool kids are on grid. Yeah. No, my God, no. Hey, kid. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's uh, let's conclude the recording of the fourth grid coin hangout. It was a little bit shorter this time. We could potentially keep it snappier, you know. Uh, I was, uh, last time I went on the Beyond Bitcoin hangout, uh, you know, it says in the thread, oh yeah, it'll only be an hour long, and then two and a half hours later I managed to get my time to speak. So potentially if we get uh, a lot of interest in the hangouts in the future, we could keep it short and snappy, be strict, have a moderator say, right, your time's up, move on, and then have like a 
you know, a less uh, strict, you know, chat afterwards or whatever. You know, parliamentary procedure. Maybe make the RSVP. Uh, <clears throat> talking about that frog in the throat. There's mine. Uh, <laughs> maybe make the RSVP shit. Uh, something to do related to like how long you think you're going to need to talk about something or an issue you want to raise and have like a little more back and forth about that. Elevator pitch. Well, if, if, if people are proposing uh, topics of discussion in the thread, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, just talking to the people listening right now. I'd really appreciate it if you would attend to, you know, talk about your pitch or whatever. I mean, it's difficult for, for me to, uh, you know, talk on your behalf and totally just butcher your, uh, this is SC coin guy, uh, butchered your, you know, your topic of discussion for another week. So, 